Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to another episode of KSL Cafecito, the podcast where we talk all things culture over some nice cafecito. I'm Yvette Cruz. And I'm Shuat Caramas. Thanks so much for joining us for this conversation today. We're talking Disney and Pixar's Coco. We're talking what this film means to us, Shuat and Yvette. And we're going to talk about what it means or could mean for Latinos in film and Latino stories. But first... Let me hit you up with that social media info. We're at KSL Cafecito on Twitter. For me, I'm at Shuat Caramas. And I'm at Evie Cruz. And you can download us on iOS for all you Apple users. Go ahead and download us there. Also, for all you Android listeners, hit us up via Stitcher. You can find us there. Just search KSL Cafecito and download there. It is all for free. We are also in on TuneIn Radio. So for all of you listening around the world, I know there's some people that have listened from España, from other places. We appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you for listening in. And uh, TuneIn is there for you for your listening pleasure all around the world. So, Yvette, why don't you get us started today? Okay, let's do this. On November 22nd, Disney and Pixar released Coco, an animated film where we meet Miguel, a 12-year-old boy who wants to follow his dream of becoming a musician, but discovers things about his family along the way. It's a beautiful story. And uh, let me just add, it was released in Mexico first. So I think it came out in Mexico about a month before it came out in the U.S. And uh, it and uh, it was released around the time of Dia de los Muertos in Mexico. So it's a beautiful story. Uh, there's obviously a lot we want to say about it. It did very, very well. I think it made about $71.2 million in its uh, domestic debut. So here in the U.S., I believe. Yes. And yes, it, it did amazing. So like I said, there's obviously a lot we want to talk about and a lot of things that we can say. But I want to start off by asking you, Shoel, as a Latino... When you were sitting in that theater, I know you saw the movie, so when you were sitting in that theater and watching the story about other Latinos unfold right before your eyes, how did you feel during that moment, so while it's happening, and leaving that theater, knowing the success that this film has already made? Yeah, before before I say anything, I just want to say that this is going to be a spoiler-free edition uh, yes. as well, so I am not going to say anything. Yeah, we'll do our best to try not to spoil it, but seeing this and... Honestly, when I when I first came into it, I didn't know what to expect because my concern in the back of my mind was, mm -hmm. please, Disney, please, let's not resort to, I'm hoping, no stereotypes, no nothing. This Because I've never seen a movie like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's obviously been other shows, excuse me, other movies that have had all Latino casts. We know some of them in the past. But with this one, I think my expectations were a little higher okay. just because it was Disney. It was Pixar. 
There was a lot of money invested. There was a lot of, for me, it felt like there was a lot of emotion mm-hmm. invested, myself right. as well. I know for a lot of us, we invested a lot of emotion, like, okay, this is the first time we have seen a full Latino cast do a Disney, which is a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. And so for me, I, I just worried about that in the back of my mind. I just kept thinking, please, no, please don't fall into some stereotypes. Please don't fall into this. That, that would have hurt me. Like, mm-hmm. And I think it would have hurt a lot of people that or disappointed, if you will. But after watching the film, I thought they did a great job. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great balance of tradition, some Latino traditions, keeping it there, keeping it a little bit American in the sense of just like it could be relatable to Hispanic Americans, to even to any American, mm-hmm. African Americans, any, any as well. And it, it made me a little, I guess you could say a little emotional, the fact that I just love the fact that it felt like it was my family there. Mm-hmm. Like it, that's... I can relate to, like, that's my abuela, and that was my, my we used to call her Yeya, my great-grandmother. Mm-hmm. That was my, my mom and my familia and things like that. And I don't, I don't know. I just left with such a big smile on my face just because it just felt so good. I, I don't know about you, Yvette, but I just want to get your thoughts first before we continue on talking about the film and what it means like that. But what, mm-hmm. what, did, what emotions did you have? Yeah, I was very emotional during the film. Not because, I mean, yes, it was a beautiful story. And, and yes, there are some parts that could make you a little emotional. But I was so emotional about the film fact that this was happening. So the day that I went and watched it on Friday, on Black Friday, because I had the day off and I wanted to take my niece to see it. And I told my mom about it. So my mom and I took my niece to see it. So that morning we went to watch a matinee show. And that morning I was like, okay, let me look up. Let me look where we can get seats. And, you know, I didn't think I didn't think much of it. But that morning I had to look up. I was on my phone looking up theaters and I had to look up four different theaters to find seats for us because everywhere, and this is a matinee show, everywhere was packed, sold out completely. And and this was, uh, I was in Provo, Orem um, when I went to see the film. So in Utah, this is an area that, it, yes, there's a lot of, there's a Hispanic presence, but that's not the majority. So like the majority is non-Hispanic. So to see this film in all these theaters, I looked at four different theaters and it was sold out. So that means a lot of people were taking their kids and a lot of people in general were going to go see this movie in the day. And that made me emotional because the story, you know, is about a Mexican boy. And that doesn't happen often. At least I can't remember that happening where it's, at least in my experience, I haven't seen that. So it was just so, so emotional to see that and to be in this theater and to watch this story unfold and to watch my mom enjoy this story and my niece. So this is three generations of and like enjoying this story. And it was, you know, that's what made me emotional. And yes, it was a beautiful story, but I just loved seeing that. And in a way, I kind of wish that, you know, my niece is nine years old and I'm 27 years old. I didn't have that when I was nine. Yes. So it would have been so beautiful to have that, but it's not too late. And I'm glad that I can experience that. And then my mom at her age, which I want to say because she'll kill me, <laughs> but she's not old. <laughs> um, but at her age to be able to see that in this country, you know, that she's not originally from that she came to and to see this story being told. And let me also say that we watch the version in English. There's a Spanish version and an English version. We, I, I do still want to see the Spanish version because it's in Mexico. So, yeah, I would like to see it in Spanish. The the movie is based in Mexico. But even in English, it was just like three generations. My mom speaks mostly Spanish. She speaks some English, but she speaks mostly Spanish. I speak both. My niece speaks mostly English. So for us three to have been able to to connect and watch this film together, it was just it. like like I said, I'm getting emotional all over again. But it was really, really good. And I just I loved sharing that experience. And I, I hope that 
that continues to happen. Like, I hope this isn't, like, I hope it gets to a point where this is just a norm where we're just going to go watch this movie. I'm going to go watch it with my friends who are Hispanic, my friends who are Hispanic, and we're all just going to enjoy this movie about Hispanics and about other people just all mixed in. And it's, I don't know, I have a lot of hope, but I, I generally enjoyed it. Now, I want to ask you, Shaw, the movie, like I said, it was based in Mexico and it's about, you know, the characters are Mexican, but you are not Mexican. Right. So how... Did you, and you said you still related, you saw your family there, despite, right. you know, not being Mexican. But how did that feel, like being from uh, Ecuadorian descent and watching this film? I know there were there were some people that I had read on social media that are Hispanic, who are non-Mexican, who were concerned that it was going to be a little too Mexican and that they were going to be mm-hmm. able to relate to some of it. Because as we, with any culture, there are some things that do cross country, like bounds, if you will, boundaries. Yeah. But there are some things that are just regional. Right. I didn't feel that with this movie. I mean, there were some phrases that are Mexican, but that was understandable because the story does take place in Mexico. Yeah. But I didn't feel at all like, oh, this is just a Mexican movie. I felt like mm-hmm. this was... I felt like, yes, this was a, a Latino, Hispanic movie, mm-hmm. but I just felt like it was just a familia movie, like a yes, family movie. Exactly. It wasn't necessarily, it was I mean, familia. yeah, and it wasn't, you could say, yeah, it's a Hispanic movie because of the characters, but like you said, like you could, anybody, it could be Caucasians, yeah. African Americans, Asians. Yeah, anybody who values family would yeah. enjoy the movie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and for me, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, okay, they'll probably lean a little bit more towards the Mexican side because it's obvious. But as I was watching it, it never crossed my mind. Yeah. Like, it just, it never You weren't crossed. offended in any way. No. Good, I, I, good. No, I, I enjoyed it, and I will see a sequel and the mm-hmm. part three whenever it comes, if they choose to do so. Mm-hmm. But it never crossed my mind. And I know for some people, at least who haven't seen it, it did cross their mind, or, or there's a certain bias or whatnot. Mm-hmm. For me, without any spoilers, no, you're not you going to feel anything like that. You're going to enjoy it. I, I really enjoyed it. And you talked about family and sharing with yeah. that. I rarely go to the theater uh-huh. with my family. It's usually my friends or whatnot. But uh, I rarely go to the theater with my mom. But this is something that I'm going to take my mom to go see. Yeah, and my and mother, I think she'd like it. Yeah, and my mother, she doesn't mind telling. She tells people her age all the time. She's 71 years young. I don't years know if she's, young, yeah, I like that. Yeah. So she, I don't think she's ever seen a movie mm-hmm. like this because there's never really been a movie like this. Yeah. So I do plan on taking her to see the Spanish version. Good. And I'm sure she's going to enjoy it. And knowing her, she's going to cry. I just know yeah. she's going to cry about it. Because for her, even to this day, anytime she talks about her parents or she talks about her grandmother there's a lot of times that i see her she begins to tear up in that Aww. and her mm-hmm. her voice begins to crack because obviously she misses them and she she loves them and as with the story you know you remember those that you have loved and you continue passing on their traditions and their memories she does the same thing she's always taught me that also as well that's why to me my grandparents mean a lot to me as well mm-hmm. even though they've they've already passed as well so i know that'll be something that she enjoys and that's something that any of you who have not seen the movie i think will definitely enjoy and i wanted to ask you yvette as a mexicana americana mm-hmm. from mexican descent do you feel that disney found a good balance of keeping it authentic or did they slip up in any way? Because some people I know were concerned that like, okay, kind of like what I said earlier, don't fall into stereotypes. Right. Let's not make it into a caricature of Mexicanos. Yeah. Did you feel at any point that at all? Or was it, did they do a great job of it? Personally, I enjoyed it overall. So I didn't feel that, I wasn't offended in any way. And and I will say that the Mexican experience, like the Hispanic experience, is different for every single person. So my Mexican experience, my Mexican-American experience, I should say, is is different from everybody else's. And it's similar to some people's, but it's not the exact same. So I like the, the place where the uh, movie took place was 
in Mexico, obviously. But I and I have I've been to Mexico with my family. I visited my family there, but it's I haven't been to a place just like that. Like to me, and I think I read somewhere it, it's supposed to model like San Miguel de Allende. I think that's where they drew some of the inspiration or places of Oaxaca and stuff like that. And I have never been to those parts. I really do want to visit one day, but that's not the experience I have of like going to Mexico. So, but even then, I wasn't thinking, oh, this is a stereotype because I know that that does exist. So I wasn't offended. Even with some of the characters, I wasn't offended in any way because those people resembled people that I know, right. family members and, and just people that I know that I've encountered and the way that they talk and that the way that they look, you know, not everyone is like that, but some are. And like the, the Spanglish, the Spanglish to me was huge. And obviously, like I said, we saw the English version. Um, I'm guessing this, obviously the Spanish version is all in Spanish, but the Spanglish that I caught in the English version was very, very natural. I think yeah. in my family, I mean, yeah. I have people that I talk to more in Spanish and other ones that I talk to more in English and some that I just combine and some words that salen de una forma and then another and then it just all makes sense and that's how I felt in the movie. I felt, wow, this is, it makes so much sense. They, they, um, they found such a good balance because you're yes. right about the whole Spanglish thing because it wasn't forced. Yeah. You see sometimes oh, TV yes, shows. I hate when it's forced and, and some like, of those shows says shall, re- shall remain nameless. We won't yeah. name those shows. Uh-huh. But, George Lopez, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm that's just, debatable. No, but, it wasn't. It didn't feel forced. Yeah. It just didn't feel forced, and I liked that interaction. And it just felt like even when the abuela says "ay mijito" and things yeah. like that, it wasn't a forced thing. Yeah. And it's something that, at least for me, it reminded me of back in the day with my grandmother and things yeah. like that. Just how they would talk, and 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 that I enjoyed that. And obviously, we had Hispanics, Latinos working on the writing and, yeah. and obviously the production as well. So that aided. Yeah, the exactly. They were a well. part of it because there's there's two directors in the film. One is Hispanic and one is not. And I think uh, Lee Ungerich, I think he's the, um, I think he's done other Pixar movies. He has been wanting to do this movie for years and he wanted it to be based around the Dia de los Muertos because he's always been fascinated about it. So I, I heard it in an interview and that, but he knew that he's not Mexican and he doesn't know, like he's d- doesn't, he didn't grow up there. So he doesn't understand it completely. And he respected that and brought on somebody else who would. And, and I think, like you said, there were a lot of Latinos up that were a part of this project that had that, like that had the seat of the table. That seat at the table to give ideas and to balance things out. So you did have, I guess, some, I don't want to call them stereotypes because they're true. <laughs> but like, like you know, you had La Chancla show up yeah. <laughs> in the movie. That's not a spoiler, but La Chancla shows up. And that, depending on your Hispanic experience, maybe you know, if you know what, if you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But that was very, that reminded me of my childhood. So, like that was very accurate, one, at one, least for one me. One thing I will say that was very accurate, without giving any spoilers, there's a tia who's kind of a little bitter, a little kind of like, uh, yeah. And that for me, I was like, oh, wow. We all, it feels like we all yeah, have at we least have one. one if it's not a tia, it's a prima or something. Thing, but I saw on Twitter there was somebody who wrote to one of the, I believe it was one of the producers, one of the directors, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. about how the movie has impacted mm-hmm. uh, this person. And mm-hmm. obviously they didn't give the person's name, but they wrote to Lee, and I'm probably going to butcher the name. Ungrich. Lee Ungrich. Yeah, he's one of the directors. Okay, Lee Ungrich, and said, let me begin by saying I've been an avid Pixar fan since she was a very little girl. Mm-hmm. And she's just writing to thank Pixar for the movie Coco. Mm-hmm. And she said she's Mexican-American. Parents were immigrants, came to this country in teens to make a better life for the, the for the children. 
I won't go into all of it. Uh, it's on social media, but she gets very emotional in this mm-hmm. letter and how they were represented in the film, how her, her family, she felt like mm-hmm. her family was represented in the film. And I think for a lot of us, we felt this way. Something like what you mentioned earlier, we haven't seen maybe really in a, in a film ever. Mm-hmm. I know not there's like been other films. Yeah, not like this. There's been other films right. that have done a good job, mm-hmm. but I felt this one did a very superior job. If that's mm-hmm. like, if we want to step it up. And you know what? Like these films don't come around every like season and every year, so it it takes a while for them to come around. And so we get, I th- I think we get excited when they're coming up. But this one, you know how sometimes you build something up too much and then you know right. it, it lets down. Well, at least in my experience, I, I I it was built up, but it definitely hit that goal. At least for me, I I felt that connection. And I thought it was it was just so nice to see. And you know what? Something else I will say. Obviously, like all my friends that have seen it have liked it. All my family, they they're all adults, and obviously it's a kids movie, but it's about a family. So any adult, sorry, adults can enjoy it. But I think to, I think about my niece and my niece being nine years old, mostly speaking English. She understands Spanish, but she mostly speaks English. I think back to my experience as a child and. I struggled with my identity a little bit when I was younger, and I, I, I know a lot of people that I've talked to this. I've talked about this with other friends, and especially being Hispanic American in an, in an area that isn't completely like a, the majority isn't Hispanic. You struggle with your identity, and you you feel like you know at home it's this, and at school it's this, and the language barrier, and like certain cultures and certain tradiciones, things like that that like you struggle with. And so I wonder if I had had something like Coco when I was nine years old, and I was you know I didn't want to speak Spanish and things like that. Then if I if, if that would have shaped me differently, because it wasn't until I was a little bit older that I was finally like. Like, well, a lot more proud of my cultura and about the language that we speak and having that experience. And I just wish that I, you know, obviously I regret that, but there's nothing I could have done. But had a film like Coco been around or several films like Coco been around, had would that have shaped me differently? I don't know if you can relate. Yeah, I can relate because for me, I was born in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So I grew up all around other different Hispanic cultures. So for me, it was never, I always spoke Spanish and English, but it was never, I never felt that identity sort of crisis, if you will, until I moved to Utah. Ah, when I mm-hmm. moved out of here, there were not that many Hispanics. Mm-hmm. There was obviously not as much culture, if you will, as there was back in New Jersey. And the Hispanics that were here were not the Hispanics that I had gotten accustomed to. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, as I got older, other people began to just assume that I was part of whether it was Mexican or mm-hmm. Salvadorian or whatnot. And as somebody of Ecuadorian and or any other descent, you know, we, we, I, we didn't tend to like that. I didn't like that because it just felt like not because it was something bad, but it's just like, OK, you're obviously putting us together just as every yeah, like gener- a default. Yeah, you're you're generalizing yeah. all all Hispanics to one thing. So yeah, it was for me those first few years out here in Utah as a kid. I sometimes didn't know should I even speak Spanish because nobody else is speaking Spanish. The only people who are speaking Spanish are me and my family, and yeah, even when we go home. to the super at home, yeah. or even when we go to the supermarket, I'm like I'll speak a little bit of Spanish, but I won't speak it as loud because sometimes I would get looks. Huh. I would get looks because there mm-hmm. weren't too many of us out here during that time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it would have been nice to have a movie. Absolutely. I agree with you 100 percent what you said. If there was a movie like that out there, that would be that would have been, I should say, just open to the masses and mm-hmm. to show people that, OK, this is this is our culture. Yeah. Where we share many of the same values. Right. Everything. Right. And, and, and but there there wasn't at that time. Now, those reasons, maybe the audience wasn't there. Maybe yeah. there might be a thousands of reasons why or why not i'm just happy that now 
we just we reached this point now. Yeah. Could have been earlier, of course it could have. Yeah. But but we're here and we see the success of this movie. We see the success of other TV shows, things like that, that have ha- had Hispanic characters as as the main characters, and it it is it's great to see. It is great to see. It's great to see that especially some of these roles are not just the former stereotypical roles that many Hispanics would get, mm-hmm. whereas the woman is like the seductive, you know. Yeah. Lady, or mm-hmm. the man is like the heartthrob or yeah. whatnot, or sometimes if it's in a, a like more Rico inf- Suave type role, yeah, like or they, yeah. or if like the gardener or things like that, mm-hmm. or some of these other ones. I'm glad that's that that's that's fading out mm-hmm. of a, of a lot of these roles nowadays. And I hope that Coco is just another step in saying, okay, we're beyond what was even 15 years ago or or even 10 years ago. Yeah, and there is an audience there. And yes, part of it is about business. That's not a lie, but at the same time. It's all about sharing those same values, which they, which we do, and I'm very proud of. I'm very proud of Coco. I'm very proud to have yeah. seen it, and mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to see it again. Yeah. Before we uh, wrap up this first segment, I do have to bring this up because it was it's all over the internet, uh, all over okay. Twitter, um, the Latin internet, I should say. <laughs> um, there's a part. There's something about seeing the movie that kind of angered a lot of people. If you've seen it, you also sat through 21 minutes of Olaf's Frozen Adventure that plays before Coco starts. Yes. And a lot of people were very upset. It just look up look it up on Twitter. People were raging because one a lot of people didn't know that was going to happen, and a lot of people didn't expect it. Myself included. Yeah, I looked around, and I was like, am I in the right? Am I, is, we, is there a well, Frozen movie that came out that we Are we in the wrong game? I looked around, yes. Yeah, so a lot of people were upset about it. I'll, I'll read some of the tweets right now, but let, before that, let me just say that, yeah, the movie was, the, the this little short film that starts before Coco is, then this isn't a spoiler, like, if anything, you're welcome. You can show up yeah, to the movie yes, theater yes, pretty late if yes. you'd like. Cafecito would like to give you this fair warning. Yes, exactly. Unless you're a big Olaf fan and Frozen, or you want, you know, you're just if you're always running late like like, so 21 minutes long so someone looked it up and said that you could technically show up to the theater about 37 minutes late from the time that you bought the ticket to the time that coco actually starts 37 minutes that is a long time i'm i mean here i'm always pretty late but i'm never 37 okay i'm never i'm not gonna say never but i wouldn't be 37 minutes late to a movie because at that point i you know i yeah yeah, what i want to see is you'd figure a third of the movie exactly and i do like previous i try to be there a little bit earlier so and yeah so i was actually i was with my mom my mom my mom's always on time so we were definitely on time to this movie so we sat through all the previews and 21 minutes of olaf's frozen adventure yes oh, man. so some of the people some of the things that people were saying were that they were saying that it wasn't fair and how could disney do this that people went to see coco but now you have like people went to see this especially the latinos they went to see themselves in a movie in a disney pixar animated film and they saw they had to sit through that they had to sit through right. 21 minutes of frozen and so they were thinking a lot of people were saying that like what's up with that some people that's i'm gonna read one tweet um actually let me, let me not read that no, one it's okay we'll keep this we'll keep this very nice and family friendly here. so okay so this one i guess could be uh, left up to your interpretation but someone tweeted out making us endure olaf's frozen adventure to get to coco is a metaphor for the mexican-american experience i just haven't figured out yet wow yeah you know what this is my opinion. This uh-huh. is just my opinion. I, I can see why somebody would think that. Yeah. Yes. And that's, so that's all I'll say. I could see why somebody would think that. Yeah. And a lot of other tr- tr- a lot of other tweets, I should say, said like, why can't 
brown people just have their moment like why can't we just have coco yeah. and and so while i was sitting through the film my, my niece likes frozen so you know i wasn't gonna be upset but while i was sitting through it i thought oh psh, they probably do this because i haven't seen a pixar movie in at the theater in years so i don't know what the deal is maybe that they do this for all movies and so i was thinking maybe they do this yeah and you know what they do they do i guess it's a thing now that they do to promote other disney movies so it makes sense and also you're, you've got kids and you're getting in and out of the theater so it makes sense but i will say that i read that this was the longest one before this the longest one had been seven minutes long and then you have 21 minutes of frozen before coco so i, I don't know what was going on i know you know what i did i read somewhere that that this was actually going to be released on its own like disney was going to release this short film by itself and something happened where it got put in front of Coco and it was just long and people were upset about it and some Mexican theaters have even stopped showing it because people have been upset this is the Good. beginning of it they've fast forward because people I, I, are upset sorry for all you Frozen fans or whatnot, but I, I told the story that I used to volunteer at a children's clinic years ago and so, so you they don't want to build any snowmen no in no no and I don't want a warm hug from Olaf uh, so yeah I would watch Frozen at least twice a day look it's it's fine if you're a Frozen fan or if your kids are Frozen fans or whatnot but I'm not here to watch that I'm here to finally see for the first time a Hispanic right. movies that I could share with the family that I feel is going to do a great job obviously they end up doing a great job and for me, what I thought now that I thought, well, why didn't they maybe put this at the end of the movie? Right. Like after the movie's because it, over. And people probably wouldn't have stayed. <sighs> yeah, know. but the, I, at I least it gives it you the option. Like if you yeah. want to watch this. Yeah. Or at least a heads up. I would yeah. have appreciated Everybody who saw Coco before me would have appreciated a heads up. Or maybe right but, before the movie starts, like, hey, after the movie, yeah. stick around for Olaf's whatever special yeah, thing you, or what. Yeah. yeah. And then some people could stay if maybe yeah. the kids will be like, they'll tell their parents. And you know what? I, I know my niece enjoyed it because, like I said, she likes Frozen. I, obviously, we <laughs> feel some type of way because we are not children. <laughs> but some people even had fun with it and joked around and low-key I thought this too some people said so uh, this is somebody tweeted out when Disney knows that Mexicans are always late so they play a 21 minute Frozen oh, short film before Coco and you know what wow. I'm not gonna lie yeah sometimes we operate on different times so my, like, well, not my mom my it, mom is it, always it, on it, time it, so. in non-Mexican Latino defense I'm gonna say that yeah it's, it's a Latino thing as well so yeah <laughs> yeah you know I mean it's not everybody yeah, not, no, not everybody but coming from me I can say that you know I if I wasn't with my mom I probably would have been late and I would have appreciated I yeah, I really would have appreciated that that but that film. But like mm -hmm. I said, I was with my mom, so I was on yeah. time, so I had to sit through all of it. It was. It's just. It's. It's something that people are upset about, joking around about. Um, I'm. He, we're here to give you a warning. Just FYI, yeah. if you haven't seen it, you can show up late. And very what, late. One thing I will tell you is, yeah, when I go take my mom to go see this movie, I am not. Yeah, we're gonna go late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think she'll be okay with that. Yeah. yeah. With the success of Coco. For me, it reminded me at least the bigger picture as far as Latinos in entertainment and even in news, things like that. And we're seeing more people of Nuestra Cultura on television. We're seeing them in more mainstream roles, etc. Yvette, I wanted to ask you, what does to you, what does the success of Coco mean for other movies, animated or not, TV shows in mainstream media? 
I think the fact that it had so much success is huge because had it not, had it failed, had it not, like had no one gone to see it except us Latinos and, and not even a lot of us, that would have been a different story. So I'm very, very happy that it succeeded. And I think that this will definitely open, I mean, I hope that this will definitely open up doors for other films and uh, TV shows and just things like that to be made and, and for it not to seem so out of the order, like so out of nowhere, like finally, you know, seven Seven years later, we finally get another all Latino cast. Yeah, I, I hope that it doesn't take this long for another film like this to come out. I hope that Disney and Pixar sees their success and just keep stories like this coming out. This story was obviously based in Mexico, but what if the next one is based in the DR, in the in the Dominican Republic, and that's the story, or and then from there it goes somewhere else, you know, things like that, or just a mix of culture, a mix of different countries and culturas, and and that's the story, you know, whatever it is that that comes out. I think that this definitely opens up the door, and and I hope to see more of that. Now, like I said, it's been a while since a movie like this has come out. Do you do you even remember the last show? Do you even remember the last movie that was either a Latino story or an all Latino cast or a majority or at least a Latino actor out there? I mean, that that's happened, but right. Do you no, remember? And I'm trying to think back to like, okay, what were some of the movies that were all Latino cast? And a lot of them, it almost hinted at what you were saying that this was successful. Some of the movies that we, as far as Latinos, we cherish were not necessarily as successful in the box office right. mm-hmm. as as we think now. That doesn't mean that that should be the determiner of what is a great movie or what is not. No, been but, other. but for the, these companies, that's what it's going to be. Right, you know? right. Because there's been a lot of movies that were box office duds yeah. that ended up becoming some of the greater movies right. that, that we, touched us. That, yeah. that touched us. So I think about like, so I know Selena was for yeah. the most part mm-hmm. successful. It wasn't as successful as, as it's become over the years. So it's almost become just a favorite right. for Latino culture or whatnot. But it had it had moderate success. Yeah. Then again, Jennifer Lopez back then was not the Jennifer She's Lopez that. Yeah, yeah. So it was a relatively mm-hmm. somewhat known actress, mm-hmm. and and it did have an all Latino cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about like Edward James almost and that is it Nuestra Familia or Mi Familia? Mi Familia. Mi Familia. Oh yeah. That's another one that had it, but I don't know if that I don't think that was a box office yeah, success I necessarily. I don't. The thing is, like, I can think of other movies, but I don't know that they have been this successful and right. I don't know if it's because it's Disney and Pixar and mm-hmm. and because it was a holiday weekend I, I have no idea but I can think back to like I know How to Be a Latin Lover which I haven't seen yet that with uh, Eugenio Derbez sorry right. that one came out was it last year the year before that was or this la- year maybe even? I think it might have been this year yeah. I know his, but I don't, his first one was uh, with the oh instructions not included oh included, yes yeah. and I didn't well I saw that on Netflix actually I didn't even see that in theaters right. but that was a good one that was yeah that was a good um, one but I, I you know one. I don't know if, and, and anybody can watch that you don't have to you don't have to be Latino or speak Spanish to see these films, but oh, oh I remember um, this movie called A Better Life. Do you remember that one? No. It's A Better Life. I don't. I I saw it. It, it did come out in theaters, and I but I rented it, and it was about a dad who is a who was an undocumented immigrant. He came here. He had a son. The son was from here, and the dad. Oh man, it's so sad. The dad uh, is a landscaper. Mm-hmm. And he works, and and the boy is kind of like getting into trouble. He's like a teenager; he's trying to get in trouble. He doesn't understand like his culture, and like he, you know, he doesn't like want to end up like his dad. He says, but his dad, like, it's a story about sacrifice and family. It's beautiful. It's sad. It's a must see, I think, to understand to to get a little to a, a glimpse of understanding what it's like for some people. Um, oh, another one I can think of, but this is this has been a few years. Did you ever see McFarland? Do you is it McFarland or McFarland USA? Did you ever see that one? With I've heard of it. I just don't. Rem- I don't remember seeing it. I just, oh, okay. I, I did see that in theaters. I went to see it with with a really good friend who is not Hispanic and doesn't speak 
Spanish fluently, and she really enjoyed it. Nice. And so, yeah, it was. It's, it's also a really nice story, and I think I think that was a Disney movie. Now that I think about it, like it, I mean, it's not an animated film, but I think Disney did it, and it's not an all Latino cast, but it is a majority of like majority of the actors were Hispanic, and so without that's a very that's a very good story. I also must see to another, understand the culture. Another thing that I'd hope to see with hopefully the success of Coco helps out is with television as well. Yeah. A lot of times with television. Now there are some, uh, well, there's only one that I can think of the top of my head that it would be leaning towards a Latino cast, which would probably be what Jane, the Virgin. Would yeah. That be. one's on right now. Yeah. And it's, and it's doing pretty well. I yeah. think it's, I don't know what season it's in, but it's, it's had, yeah, it's Gina, had success. And you know what? Gina Rodriguez, who is the um, lead actress in Jane, the Virgin, she is working on several other, uh, series. I think she got a green light for, I want to say two other series, also uh, Latino stories being told. Right. So I think she's definitely laying a lot of groundwork and I, you know, I think she's going to executive produce one of them or both of them, if I'm not mistaken. But that is definitely going to open up some doors. And I think one of them they said was going to be like a, I think I read it somewhere, it was going to be like a, like a The Wonder Years type show of what it's like to be an undocumented, I think someone's going to find out they're actually undocumented and, you know, the story's going to go from there. So it may be lighthearted, but with some seriousness in there, I, I don't know too much about it yet, but I'm definitely looking forward to those things. But still, I, I still want more, at least more, you know, okay, so if we can't have all Latino cast, which is not to say that other cultures aren't, you know, that we don't want that. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm just saying we don't have something with an all Latino cast and we would like to see that or something close to it. But if not something like that, then more characters that are Latinos, but that embody like what we, that isn't a stereotype, that isn't played out like the same, like that one, like the the Mexican friend who, you know, insert like stereotype here. No, like just very, very, I guess more like our experience, like the people, like if you think about your experience and and I'm thinking about my experience, like the people you know in your life that are Hispanic and that are, or that are, you know, that are raised here or, or have immigrated here and just like think of who they are. And you ask yourself if you see that person represented on TV and in movies. Right. And I think for the most part, we haven't seen mm-hmm. that. I think we've seen them fall into the stereotype of, well, blue collar worker mm-hmm. or if it's a female, it's got to be right. some. Sofia Vergara. Yeah. Like a, yeah, and yeah. All due respect, Sofia Vergara. But things yeah. like that. Or if it's a male, they're either it's a drug dealer or, you know, they're the Latin heartthrob or things like yeah. that. But just like you said, this. The portrayal of Hispano Americanos or just Hispanos in general, but with mm-hmm. not without those, I think that's something that we're still desiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think absolutely. we've seen it only occasionally. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen it on an all cast yet, but I think we're getting there. I think we're reaching the point that it, it, it will happen soon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it'll be longer than the typical thirteen episodes that is given to like a, a regular right. show. Mm-hmm. But we're yeah, because t- I think it, Netflix did one. Um, which I haven't seen it in my queue. <laughs> but <laughs> but, but, I, yeah. but I'm hopeful it's more, especially, I mean, don't get me wrong, Netflix is great and like HBO yeah. is great, but it would also They're definitely be, doing a better job than the main channels. And that's where I was going to go to, but my hope is yeah. that uh, at least a main channel yeah. goes back. I know they had the George Lopez show a few years ago right. or whatnot, but I hope they go back. I know Jane the Virgin's on the CW, I believe. Yes. But I hope another network, whether it's NBC or ABC Fox mm-hmm. uh, or CBS, mm-hmm. goes and sees not just the success of Coco, but uh-huh. sees that, yes, there's a market there. And I don't want to make it all about business, but mm-hmm. these stories can be told. Yeah, you know, they, should be told. they should be told. Yeah. And there's an need, audience for these stories as well. And you don't have to be Hispanic to enjoy these yeah. stories. And you don't have to rely on whether it's 
people may not want to say it, stereotypes or whether the typical role that we've accustomed mm-hmm. to some of these actors or actresses have been in, they don't have to rely on that. They, mm-hmm. they can they could be whatever character you want them to be. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, why do you think, just in your opinion, why do you think it is that we don't have enough of these stories. Do you think it's because um, these big networks or big companies don't want to tell these stories? Or do you think there's not enough people trying to tell these stories? I mean, I mean, people actually in the business, like Latino, enough Latino directors or, or writers, TV writers, do you think that that, like, do you think it's more... And I'm not saying they're not out there, but I just personally, I mean, I want to say I do have friends that are in film that work that went to school for film and and they, they want to get into that. But I'm thinking like big names. What I think it is, is that I think I hate to say it, but I think it's a combination of both. I mm-hmm. think they see that, well, the audience isn't there. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, the audience is there, but. It's a matter of also taking the chance. And I'm sure there's been executives in the past mm-hmm. and some of these big networks or even in movies that have thought about, OK, how to approach it. And I think mm-hmm. that's always been the fear. Mm-hmm. I they think, don't want to mess yeah. up, and, and I think, respectable. And I think it's not just a, a Hispano thing. I think for a lot of uh, – for Asian casts yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean I think we just have just one Asian – predominantly Asian show on TV right now. Uh, yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's – other there's other cultures as well that are not represented. I think now we're seeing in these past ten fifteen years now more people more people nuestra gente in the business who are now saying it's okay if whether it's you feel uncomfortable or you just not know how to approach it. Mm-hmm. We're here to help, and I think mm-hmm. that's why Coco was a success because of who the directors were, who the producers were, helping out and writing these stories. And I'm hopeful that that will continue. With television, because it's happened with music. Music has already, Latinos already crossed over into mainstream music. Mm-hmm. Now I'm hopeful that it's also in film as well. Yeah, if you think back to this year, this was the year of the song Despacito, right? And now right. Mi Gente, and now we have Coco. So this has been, I mean, obviously we want more, but this has been a good, like we have seen some progress. So, right. so hopefully that continues and hopefully we see more of that. There are so many stories that need to be told and I just hope that they get told. And I and I hope it's just more consistent because I think yeah. back to the one of the big breakthrough years was 1999 for Hispanic music with Jennifer Lopez and Ricky Martin and Mark Anthony and yeah. all this, the Latin explosion that they called it. Yeah, but was that was still than, 1999. Yeah, that was but more than 10 years ago. Yeah, that almost, was almost 20, 20 years, years ago. ago. 20 years ago, so yeah, maybe we're having another wave of that right now. And I just hope it's more consistent now. I hope it's just more mainstream. Like it doesn't just become this like once in a blue moon thing. Right. Yeah, but that's also on all of us as creators, the, yeah. all, all of us influencers and all of us creative types and all of us, even even people who, I mean. And all of us who support it as well. Yes. Like, it, it, we have yeah, to just support absolutely. it not just once in a while or not just because Coco was a success. Yeah. You know, some some movies will not be a success with all Latino casts. Yeah. But we still have to at least give it a shot. Yeah, I think it also has to do with the story. Like, right. I, I love movies and I love like TV and stuff like that. I like stories. So, if the story draws me in, then I definitely want to, to to experience it and know more about it. But because obviously I'm an advocate for Latinos, if there is an all Latino cast, I yeah I'm gonna support it. I'm gonna support that or or like a Latino filmmaker, Latino writer. You know I I'm gonna support it because because I want I want them to know that they have my support. Yeah, they don't care about Eva Cruz over here, but I want I want it to grow and I want it to succeed and I want that to become a norm. Yeah. 
All right, well, that's our episode for today. Shoal, thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you, Yvette. It was great as always. Uh, it's, uh, it's, always it's always a pleasure here. And it's always a pleasure to listen to you guys. Whenever you have any thoughts, hitting us up on Twitter. Thank you for replying and for those things. And Yvette will tell you just a second how to contact us. But we want to know what you guys think about the movie Coco. So reach out to us. Let us know. Where are we at, Yvette? On Twitter, we're at KSL Cafecito. I'm also at Evie Cruz. And I'm at Short Coronas. And let us know what you think. Whether you liked the movie, whether you didn't. Yeah, whether you thought that it accurately represented your family or not. Just things you liked and didn't like about the film. And what you think about what this means for Latinos in film. And don't forget to download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts for you iPhone users. And for Android users, you can download and subscribe on the Stitcher app and TuneIn Radio. Thanks so much for listening. Adios. Ciao. 